Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. On occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Budget 2022 has been announced, but what does it mean for you and your household? Housing, health, childcare, climate change and economic recovery were the key themes in today's announcements. But will this make any difference to our pockets at a time when energy bills are on the increase, the housing market is in crisis and day-to-day living is more expensive than ever? I'm Siobhan Maguire and today the Indo-Daily brings you expert reaction and analysis from Budget Day to find out what it means for you. I'm joined now by Fionnán Sheehan, Ireland editor of the Irish Independent. Fionnán, there were no real surprises today, were there? We've gone into a very cautious political environment where things are flagged well in advance. So. You don't really want to land something massive on the day. Yeah, you can, you can have uh, a couple of things that weren't announced in, a, in, a, in advance, but if you're going to land a major initiative on the day, you want to be dead certain that it's going to go down well. So things are kind of stress tested in, in advance. Uh, there's debate about them. Individual ministers also want to get their, their own day in the sun and make sure that the narrative both ahead, during and after the budget is positive uh, towards them. Uh, so I suppose that the, the political climate has changed from the days of, say, Charlie McCreevy landing tax individualisation or decentralisation uh, on, a, on a particular day. Um, kind of those days are gone because those those surprises can can generate a backlash. Likewise, responses are very rapid. You will immediately know that the two budget speeches have been delivered. Be getting that that reaction. You're already getting it um, this morning uh, to what to what was was emerging. It's no longer the case that. TDs, you know, the budget is announced, it's welcomed, then TDs go home to their constituencies for the weekend. Suddenly their clinics are inundated with with people complaining about a particular measure and they come back up the following week and there's a whole hullabaloo about uh, what can be done to ameliorate people's difficulties. So it's just, I I suppose, the the political environment has has just changed in in recent times. Uh, And you also have got the three coalition parties in this arrangement, which means that all three of them are trying to sell their individual points as well um, to their particular basis. This was a fairly hefty spending pot as well, 4.7 billion, uh, 1 billion in new spending, half half a billion uh, on tax. Um, what do you make of the way it's been spent? Have, have they addressed the real needs of the nation at the moment? Housing and health, for example? Yeah, so it, it's, kind of, it's kind of bordering on a, on a giveaway budget. It's not, it's not quite, it's not, we're not on Celtic Tiger uh, era here. Let, let, let's be, be clear on that. So, you know, it, but it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty generous. And you add it as well to 
the announcement of the National Development Plan uh, last week, which would set out the outlook on, on the, the capital expenditure side, quite ambitious targets there. Likewise, on, on housing for all uh, a, a month ago. So, you know, all the ducks are, are coming in a row now in terms of what this government sees as, as the, the, the overarching um, vision that, that, that they have, if, if vision might be a bit too much of a of a stretch, but certainly their their their, their priorities on on their their agenda. You're also in a, in a scenario where you you are coming out of dramatic borrowing that we've had over the last two years as a result of the pandemic, and that's only easing off ne next year. So we're not they're not cutting off the, the tap. There is additional expenditure in here uh, on the social welfare side for for the PUP for. Uh, Business subsidies uh, and also expenditure on, on on the health side. So you're not you're not just saying right. Well, the pandemic is more or less over. Um, it's going to continue on, but October 22nd is when we lift all the restrictions. So therefore, we don't have to spend any more money. So we are going to be borrowing heavily on that basis again uh, for next year, as well as ramping up capital expenditure again after the, the slowdown that happened as a result uh, of of the shutdown. It it's interesting that. The, the focus, I suppose, out of the, the the budget won't really be on those core overarching challenges uh, f for for the government: um, housing, health, climate change. Um, Pascal Donahue's team is is you'll be hearing it about today and 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 beyond. It's recover, renew, and repair. Uh, so, kind of buzzwords that that are more focused on on the economy and than society. Uh, I suppose it it it's fair it's fair to say. So, it's going to be important for, for them as the, the budget is is both delivered and over the following days to ensure that they're they're still reiterating to people the the big ticket items are still very firmly on the agenda beyond the, the goodies that have been delivered out today. I can call it. The last time I announced a budget in this chamber, two years ago, none of us could have foreseen that the worst global pandemic in a century awaits us. We knew well about the risks associated with Brexit and had prepared for it. We could not have predicted the devastation which COVID-19 would leave in its wake. Both events have demonstrated the need for us to always prepare for the worst while striving for the best. Joining me now is Naz O'Connor, Senior Policy Specialist with Age Action. Nat, it could be argued it was a pretty good day for older people. Uh, a fiver on the state pension, a fiver on the fuel allowance, three euro on the living alone allowance. What's your reaction? Well, certainly any increase in the income for older people is welcome. Um, it's a recognition that the cost of living is going up, particularly things like energy costs, which have really spiked in recent months, and that's a concern. But I suppose looking at the bigger picture, uh, since January 2019, the, the spending power of the state pension has gone down by over €10, Euro, and that's €542 Euro a year. So that's like filling up a, ho a tank of home heating oil, keeping a car on the road in a rural area, some important home repairs. So some of the people who get the €5 Euro on the state pension will have faced that €10 Euro loss of spending power, so they still won't be as well off as they were in the beginning of 2019. 
others who are living alone and who are eligible for the fuel allowance, which is only three out of every 10 older people, will of course benefit from that extra assistance and that's very welcome. It's also welcome the extent to which the fuel allowance is now available to more people as the eligibility has been widened. But it's still a means test, so it's still only available to a minority of older people. So overall, as I say, any increase is welcome, but what we're looking to see is a situation where the pension, where we take the politics out of the pension. In other countries, the pension goes up every year based on a measurement of the increasing cost of living and the costs that older people face. We'd like to see a similar system like that here. Uh, so Age Action has called for that for a number of years and the Pension Commission called for it last week as one of their recommendations. So we'd hope to see that kind of system put in place for the future. And of course, we're hearing the terminology uh, bandied around that this is a cost of living budget. But as we get into, you know, deepest, darkest winter now, we know that our energy bills are going up. This is of a huge concern to older people, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, We know from our pre-budget survey where we had hundreds of older people send us information about their situation, many people find it hard to keep their homes warm. Uh, For those who might have a a disability or an impairment that requires them to keep the home heating on uh, in order to not fall ill, you know, their heating costs are very significant. And of course, many of the houses that we built um, before the the 21st century were poorly insulated. So people are suffering with the legacy of that and it's very expensive to retrofit a home. So while there is some funding available for home retrofit schemes, there's still a lot more to be done in that respect so that people can be warm at home. So the message today might be from, from, from you, Nat, that what we might think that this additional €13 Euro for, for pensioners in Ireland is significant, actually in line with the cost of living and ha- people having less disposable income, um, it's, it's an, an, a necessary boost, but maybe not as, as big as you would have hoped. Well, this is it. What the government has done is they've caught up with the cost of living that has gone up over the last three years. And that's, of course, very welcome. But what about next year? What about the energy costs if they continue to rise early next year, as some providers have indicated they might put their prices up again? So we're constantly chasing the cost of living. What we'd like to see is a a pension system that gets ahead of the cost of living and keeps older people there. Nat O'Connor, thank you very much for joining the Indo Daily today. We have seen challenges around energy supply. We have seen the challenges around prices. This is why the government is conscious of how this impacts on our most vulnerable. But this is why new monies raised in this change will be invested in targeted social welfare initiatives to prevent fuel poverty, to ensure a just transition. For some reaction now, I'm joined by Louise Fitzpatrick. Louise is a married mom to one, Grace, with another little baby on the way. Louise, was there any standout and out points today for you in the budget? Uh, I suppose, look, in our situation, it's pretty underwhelming, to be honest. Uh, there were some great announcements, great supports. Um, but in terms of childcare um, and so on, Nothing really stands out for me. Everything's been more or less 
put on hold. I can see a uh, little grace there with you, um, Louise. And childcare is a huge issue for parents at the moment. I mean, the costs are phenomenal. It's like a second mortgage for uh, for lots and lots of people. Um, we had talk of the, the national childcare um, scheme, the subsidy uh, being ex- being extended. And then we're, we're hearing that next year, issues in relation to child care and costs will be addressed. But that's a long way off for the parents paying both a mortgage or rent and child care at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, when we did the sums with the second child for us, the cost of child care will be more than our mortgage in living in Dublin 8, which isn't a cheap mortgage. Um, and even looking at what's been announced, to be honest, it wouldn't impact us. We couldn't get, we moved back from the Netherlands when Grace was seven months old, couldn't get a crash place. Now, we were very lucky to find a great childminder, but we don't even get access to the NCS scheme. Similar to lots of people in the country, it's a big issue in rural Ireland where there just aren't crashes. In Dublin, it's impossible to find a crash place for a child under one and in a lot of places, a child under two. So none of these people can even access the NCS scheme anyway. But look, any changes to it are welcome and I'm sure will be welcomed by so many families. But they're not going to fundamentally address the issues, which is a system that's broken and isn't really winning for anyone. Kids, parents, most especially the staff in the, those facilities. And there was a, there's mention of an extension to paternal leave um, from August of next year for two weeks. That in itself will be welcomed as well by by new parents. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we'll probably miss out on it. Um, but any any extensions and any additional leave is welcome. Um, but Ireland, again, having lived abroad, lived abroad, Ireland has the lowest rate in Europe of paid maternity leave. So while extending it is very, very welcome, what we need to be doing is extending the amount and topping it up to people's salaries, um, because that is where we fall way behind the rest of Europe. And really adding extra weeks, all it does is help people who can already afford to take that amount of time. But there's so many people who, who can't afford to even take the six months that they're already entitled to. Louise, um, just finally, uh, you're working remotely yourself, working from home. Um, your husband is uh, just back in the office, I believe, this week. Um, so the, the uh, new amendments uh, in relation to what you can claim back on your, your um, say, your broadband bill um, work while working from home, is that to be welcomed? Yeah, fantastic. Look, delighted to hear that. So I'm very lucky to have a permanent work from home contract. Um, but oh, we could see it last winter. Our, our bills were a lot more expensive, so it'll be very welcome and very much appreciated. Of course, there's all the admin to go with it, but I'll get over that. Um, it's yeah, very much appreciated. Louise, thank you so much for joining the Indo Daily today. Also on housing, I propose to extend the relief for pre-lessing expenses for landlords for a further three years. This will continue to encourage landlords in the residential rental sector to return empty properties to the market as quickly as possible.
For more expert analysis, I'm joined now by Charlie Weston, personal finance editor at the Irish Independent, and Sinead Ryan, personal finance columnist at the Irish Independent. And Sinead, to you first. Changes to personal tax today, any significance at all? Uh, Not on the headline stuff. So you're still going to be paying tax at 20% or 40%, depending on your income level. So no massive changes there. There was widening of the bands. This happens pretty much every year to keep up with inflation. 1,500 euros, increased personal tax credits of 50 euros. You're not going to be writing home about that. The bigger issue is that inflation was announced at 3.7%. Now, that's almost double what it should be. And that means any of those tax widening increases that you see are probably going to be eaten up fairly quickly just by that. So your money this year is already going to be worth nearly 4% less next year. And that's without these measures. So any savings we make are likely to be gobbled up between now and then? Well, certainly on the tax side, uh, they may well be. But more importantly, um, on the fuel side, because we've seen a raft of carbon taxes, of course, they were not unexpected. We were expecting them in. Uh, Changes to vehicle registration tax, um, your own fuel uh, taxes, uh, petrol, all that kind of stuff is going to go up now uh, as a result, not only of the budget, but of the measures we have signed up to already. Uh, But to be perfectly honest, I think people are really going to feel it in their home heating bills. Now, with that in mind, the government announced uh, some changes to the working from home allowance. So people who are using their own electricity, heat, light, broadband, Uh, for their company's benefit can now claim 30% of those bills if they're working from home. And Charlie, this is where I'll bring you in because uh, for most of this year now, you've been uh, telling us to really watch out for all these huge spikes and hikes in our energy bills. And uh, they're only going one way, which is up. Um, What do you take from today's budget. Yeah, the government kept telling us up to the budget that they were conscious of the fact that energy bills are increasing. It's taken them a while to get to this point, but they now realise that energy bills are increasing at an incredible rate. And that includes home heating oil, gas, electricity, uh, and also petrol and diesel. The, the barrel of oil is uh, you know, at, at record highs at the moment, $84. One of the big investment banks today is saying it'll go to $90. So from midnight tonight, your petrol and your diesel will go up due to uh, carbon tax changes, as Sinead says. And then you know, we've had more than 30 different price rise announcements from the energy companies. So bills for uh, heating homes and lighting homes probably going to be something between 400 and 500 euros more, up to 800 in some cases over, over the next year for, for, for households. So it's going to be very expensive. So we, we have had a few crumbs thrown at us in the budget, nothing very big, but you know, essentially uh, those energy price rises are just going to eat away at any extra, the extra that people are getting from this budget. And the carbon tax as well. Yeah, the carbon taxes from tonight, diesel will go up by just short of 150 for a fill of, uh, of, a, of a tank, about uh, 130, just less than 130 for petrol. And then in May again, as, as happens every May, your, your home heating oil, your gas, your briquettes, your coal, they'll all go up in price. You're talking about gas going up by about 20 euros and uh, home heating oil about 17 and all of these things are at record highs anyway so you know the the last thing we need is more carbon tax increases but there's so many different um, taxes and levies and excise duty on on fuel anyway like you know there's a PSO there's a public sector levy on your electricity and there's VAT as well gas and, and heating oil have 
carbon taxes and VAT as well. The government could have done something to alleviate a bit of that by at least cutting the VAT. That would have helped a bit. I mean, you know, your, your, your petrol and diesel, about 60% of the, of the cost there goes to the government in excise duties, carbon tax, VAT. There's a levy to... To, 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 for re, to keep reserves of oil in place in the country. So it's very, it's, it's very, very good for the government if we're paying more for these things, but it's going to really hit us in the pocket, I think. That's a very good point, Charlie, because the, the hospitality industry has had that VAT reduction retained, um, and, and it is something that probably could have been applied to the consumers, uh, but hasn't been. Now, this is a cost-of-living budget. Sinead, is there any kind of solace in the fact, and I know you, you mentioned it earlier, the working from home, relief. Does it go far enough? 10%, 30%? And it's a very convoluted process, isn't it, to try and get your money back? Well, I think there's a mixed message here because the government all along has been saying we want to encourage people to go back to the workforce. We want employers to open the doors again. You know, these restrictions are ending. Uh, so actually, it'll be down to employers, of course, who's allowed to work from home or is a full-time, part-time, some kind of hybrid model. Uh, so these will only apply for vouched expenses. So you can't just write off your Saturday night watching Netflix bill <laughs> and try and get 30% back on that from the government. That's not going to happen. Uh, these are going to be vouched bills. And remember, if there's two of you working from home, they're halved. Uh, the problem with it is it puts the onus on the taxpayer to apply for them. Uh, and we know of old that people are very slow to apply for the tax rebates that they are due by right. Uh, so that's going to be a difficulty. So I, I would encourage everybody, look, absolutely keep all your bills now next year, hang on to them uh, and apply for the lot. I mean, 30%, it's not great, but it's nothing to be sneezed at. That was Charlie Weston, personal finance editor of the Irish Independent, and Sinead Ryan, personal finance columnist at the Irish Independent. And my thanks to all our guests today. Today's Indo Daily was presented and produced by me, Siobhan Maguire, research by Tabitha Monaghan, and sound design by John Smith. Archive clips, thanks to independent.ie and RTE. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts.